Welcome to This Andorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. And this was beyond. This was very beyond, yes. Stretching the mm-hmm. far, far. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, today we are discussing the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. This episode originally aired November 17th, 1978. Now, obviously, this is Way a huge, we born. huge and psychologically damaging task for us to undertake. And so we felt that we couldn't do it alone. <laughs> so we uh, we called in the big guns and our old college pal, Jesse Hamilton Riles, is here to talk about the Star Wars holiday special with us. Jesse, welcome. When I heard psychologically damaging, I was like, I am there. You were there. Hands up. <laughs> Jesse, the last time you and I did a Star Warsy kind of podcast together was when you were guest starring on the All the Book Show, and we talked about uh, Timothy Zahn. That is correct. That's, Ooh. that's my area of focus in my studies. I wish that that's what we were talking about right today. Right there behind me. I would, I would watch a Star Wars holiday special as written by Timothy Zahn. Oh, yeah. The only direction we go is up from here. That's so, true. Yeah. That's really true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really true. All right. All right. Let's uh, let, let me tell you a little bit of facts about yeah, this, this let's, terrible. Yeah, let's tear the bandaid off. Okay, <laughs> so the special aired just once in the U.S. on CBS and has never been released commercially. The animated sequence, the story of the faithful Wookiee, was released as part of the 2011 Blu-ray releases, and then of course came out on Disney Plus uh, at the same time as the Ewoks cartoon did when they released the Star Wars Vintage Collections. We're not going to get into the story of the faithful Wookiee today because it's too good to wedge into all of this garbage around it. So we'll talk about that another day. But today's special was written by, there's a lot of writers credited. I feel like they wanted to spread the blame around a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Written by uh, Pat Proft, Leonard Rips, Bruce Villanach, Rod Warren, and Mitzi Welch. Directed by Steve Binder. Again, why are these people using their real names? I have to wonder. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know if they are real. That's I mean, true. Who's Leonard Rips? That's I mean, come on. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a Mike Roch joke. Yeah, <laughs> like that's true. Leonard Rips. Oh, we got it in there. That was a list that Bart Simpson you know, would that was read. Like, yeah, okay. That was a name they slipped in there so that it could get an extra meal at lunchtime or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Uh, cast, we got a lot of we got a lot of all stars reprising their roles here. We got Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and James Earl Jones all coming back from their characters from the Star Wars saga. Uh, a couple of head-scratching additions to the cast for this, including B. Arthur of MAME and Maud and the Golden Girls and mm-hmm. all of those things. We had B. Arthur here basically as herself, kind of as Maud. I don't know what B. Arthur yeah. was doing here. I don't think B. Arthur knew what she was doing here. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, I read that her son was a big Star Wars fan, and that was the only reason why she did it. And then it was yep, just kind of like, that's why she did it. Why am I here? But uh, we also had it wasn't even Star Wars. It wasn't even Star Wars. Yeah, we had yeah. Art Carney, who's best known for playing Ed Norton on the classic sitcom The Honeymooners. Yeah, I felt like he was pretty good. I think if anybody came out looking okay yeah. on this, I what is his name? What's that character's name? Sandun. Okay, I thought he was fine. You know, yeah. I liked him. Uh, Harvey Corman is three different characters, none of which even oh, touch funniness, which is uh, <laughs> pretty shocking because, I mean, you know, he's great. Carol Burnett show and all that. I mean, he's a legendary comedian and it just, nothing he does lands in this special, I don't think. No. Uh, we had a, we had a special <laughs> appearance by the band Jefferson Starship for some reason. I like the song. Mm-hmm. Playing yeah. the rest of the Wookiee family, we had Mickey Morton as Mala. So Mala was played by a man even though she was always set to smolder. (laughs) 
She was ready. Anytime they tossed a close-up to Mala, she was like, oh, who, me? Oh. It was those eyes. They were convincing. They were expressive. Sparkly. They were expressive. Sultry. For sure. In their own furry way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have Paul Gale. You're describing a Wookiee as sultry. Yes. Hey. That's... hey. There's there's certain things I we can pick apart. I just the inevitable deposition. That's a fact. <laughs> that is that is a pure fact. Uh, Paul Gale as Itchy, old Grandpa Itchy, the perv. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Patty Maloney as Lumpy. So I just want to point out that Mala played by a man, Lumpy played by a woman. Yeah. Our featured cast member for this episode, this special. I guess I, I feel like calling it a special implies that there's something special about it and. It's unique, but it's not special. Yeah. It's like maybe that's the only description we can give that isn't mean. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Diane Carroll is our is our highlighted cast member this week. She did a musical segment with uh, with Itchy in like a I don't even know what 3D goggles I don't know, but she's kind of a legendary actress herself. She. <laughs> She did a lot of early work yeah. uh, in films like Carmen, Porgy and Bess. In 1962, she became the first African-American woman to win a Tony Award. And that was for her work in the Broadway musical No Strings. In 1974, she starred alongside Darth Vader himself, James Earl Jones, in the film Claudine. And she was nominated for an Academy Award. She passed away in 2019. So what a journey from nominated for an Academy Award in 1974 to... The Star Wars Holiday Special in 1978. I mean, every every actor and actress has got to have that one thing that yeah. they want to forget. Yeah. But this is that thing that, like, everybody wants mm-hmm. to forget. I, re- I mean, you I know? don't fault people for being like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. That sounds fun. I mean, they probably didn't see a whole yeah. script, you know, and then they show up and... Yeah. Before we get into the uber-detailed plot, uh, I, I want to know your history with this because... I have seen this once before, and it was last year. I was like, oh, I've never seen it before. We should watch it. And I watched it with my son, and he was not pleased. Uh, <laughs> and so I watched it again for this airing, and it was worse this time? I don't know. Jesse, what about you? Have you seen this before? No, I hadn't. Like, I, I, was, I was like a, less than a month old when I first saw Return of the Jedi, which is kind of set the trajectory of my yeah. life going. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've long background in Star Wars. Yes. I've never seen this. And I'd, I'd heard about it, you know, because you can't not hear about it. Yeah. You know anything about Star Wars. So I'd hoped that there would be like, it'd be one of those, like, it's bad, but it's fun mm-hmm. because it's so bad. And we watched this with a couple of my kids. And I think my in-laws were here too. And like my mom, my wife, we all watched it. It's just like, I don't, none of us. I, it was, it was, you mentioned psychologically damaging earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've just grouped us in with like group therapy. Yeah, for later because it just got to process the trauma. It's so long. That's the thing I just can't get over. Yeah. It is so long. Yeah, it's aggressively long. I I don't know. What about you, Steve? <laughs> I know we've kind of talked about this I a little had... before, but like, how deep do you go with this? I I can't remember the first time I saw it, but I do remember seeing it on a VHS. Like it was okay. a recording or a bootleg of yeah. it or something like that. I I remember it not being terrible yeah that's what i remember mm-hmm. right and i hadn't i hadn't no. seen it in a long <laughs> long time yeah <laughs> well I, I must have been young but like <laughs> I, you know like I, I just remembered certain aspects of it like i remember all the han solo parts and stuff like that that's what like stuck with me so every time i've talked about it i haven't seen it yet since 
you know, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't so bad. It's like one of those things that everyone talks so much yeah. crap about. And then, then you just jump on board and everyone is just talking crap out about it. But it's really not that bad. Well, I watched it again. <laughs> It's like, oh man, it yeah. is really bad. I forgot how legendarily bad. That that so, was my experience too. When when the Radio yeah. Meanwhile Network launched, there was a show called Three Nice Things, and it was it was a show where you would watch a bad movie, and then all of, like the guest panelists had to pick three nice things to say about it. And I did a couple episodes of that show, and each time I was like, oh, this is gonna be so much fun. Let's watch this crappy movie. And then like you'd watch it, and it's like, no, it's not fun. This is terrible. And that was my experience with this. Like I was thinking it was gonna be fun. But I did not have fun. It was just so painful. There wasn't yeah. any redemptive no. value to it. That's true. It's not like, oh, well, you know, they were trying these different things and, like, they were being creative. And it was like, what were they thinking? Yeah, it's it's yeah. a real head-scratcher. All right, Steve. Well, there was about you, yeah. 40 minutes of, like, growling and grunting, right? Yeah. With no context. True. And... and uh, I, I thought it, it's it's interesting that like for a minute I thought am I watching like a version without subtitles or something? <laughs> right. And so I googled right. and everyone's like said the same thing. They're like, oh my gosh, like yeah. the fact that there's just nothing. Yeah. And it's like, it's fine if Chewbacca's like because there's always yeah. like somebody to be like, yeah, man, I get I get what you're saying or like, no, my driving is good. You know, you're yeah. the one that's terrible. You know, like there's always some context where this is just grunting and growling back and forth, and you're like, I, I, I yeah. You just you, know, you can't what, make heads or tails of it. I guess he's asking him to take out the garbage, like yeah, like so. It's, just <laughs> it's so all bad. it's just a terror, but, uh, terrifying game of charades. But you know, it, Steve, <laughs> normally you we all lose. Yeah, exactly. Lose. There's no winners, Steve. Normally your synopses <laughs> for it. these things are yeah, the stuff of legend. So I'm curious to see what you have for us today, and what is essentially a plotless piece of television. So take us in. <laughs> all right, the uber detailed plot of the Star Wars Holiday Special. The Star Wars Holiday Special is a packed tale of epic proportions. Han Solo attempts to deliver his buddy old pal Chewbacca home in time for Life Day, a once-a-year family tradition celebrated by all Wookiees on their home planet of Kashyyyk. Or is it Kazook? Yeah, they say Kazook. This is the first time we've ever heard it. They said Kazook, but they eventually changed it to Kashyyyk, which is really funny. Anyway, however, along the way, they are met with the Imperial blockade and get held up. Chewie's wife, Mala, starts to worry and reaches out for help, contacting Luke Skywalker and R2-D2. Then, Princess Leia and C-3PO, none of whom have any idea where Han and Chewie could be. Mala grows more and more concerned, but she, along with Chewie's father, Itchy, and son, Lumpy, are forced to wait and endure the hardships of living under Imperial rule. Their difficulties are softened by the help of friends like traitor Son Dan and the multiple roles of Harvey Corman. Agonizing time passes with activities like a Bantha recipe cooking show, a creepy cyber porn experience turned James Bond credits <laughs> featuring Diane Carroll, a cosmic rock show by Jefferson Starship, a life on Tatooine travel musical webisode. We can all agree, B. Arthur is a charm. Yes. Not all is lost, however, as we are introduced to to the bounty hunter, Boba Fett, for the first time as Lumpy distracts himself with a cartoon. We'll be talking about that in another episode. When Chewie finally makes it home, he and Han quickly dispatch the remaining Imperial troopers harassing the household. The Wookiee family is delighted Chewie made it in time to celebrate Life Day with them. Just when you think all is over, we are regaled with a Life Day song by Carrie Fisher. May she rest in peace. 
The awkwardness of the final moments of the show are muted by how decent Carrie's voice is. With Sondan's blessing, the Wookiee family enjoys their time together in peace. Finally, roll credits. <laughs> you know, you're you're right. Gotta, you're right about Carrie Fisher. You're right about Carrie Fisher. Like I, I don't know that I've ever heard yeah. her sing outside of this special. But like, you kind of forget her. Her mother was yeah. Debbie Reynolds, who's like a legendary like song and yeah. dance. You know, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Her father, Eddie Fisher, also a musician. Yep. Uh, so. But yeah, she's good. She it, when she starts, like the first time I watched this, and it's like, oh, she's gonna sing. Oh no, 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 no! But she pulls it off. I think. I think she sounds pretty good. I know that right. like last sustaining note. I was like, dang, like yeah. she's hitting that. Yeah, right on. Yeah, so, and you try yeah. singing that well just in a bathtub full of cocaine. No. You you wouldn't be able to with <laughs> with oh you head. Jesse has okay all right yeah I forgot Jesse about has, that yeah. I forgot about that uh, all right so let's just let's just. I don't know. I mean, we all we kind I of mean, like front loaded this with the fact that this is just not fun. Like it doesn't have redemptive value. It doesn't feel Star Warsy. Like it's not cool. Yeah. So let's maybe start by trying to figure out like what the goal was here. What I saw, yeah. what I read online as a way of trying to keep myself alive during the movie <laughs> was that George Lucas had done this as a way of like it was his idea to so that audiences wouldn't forget about Star Wars. Yeah between like a new hope and empire coming out and it's like yeah but you want them to remember the good times yeah <laughs> not this yeah well i think they just weren't really expecting it to be like a hit or like this big phenomenon and so like yeah i guess they were just anxious to get more out there but like i know we talked about this a little when we covered the ewok movies like if this was a cool like 45 minutes it would probably be fine you know like if you just cut out a lot yeah, of the nonsense yeah. and just had the story about like chewbacca's family is worried and they're held up by the empire and you know eventually they get together and have their holiday like that would be fine it's all of the weird vignettes that like i just don't understand yeah nothing seemed cohesive what was the very first thing we saw? Was it was it the circus? <clears throat> it was the hollow chest circus, right? And then it was the cooking show. Yeah. And then it was oh geez, I don't I don't even know. <laughs> it seemed like they had like these different acts, like almost like a variety show. Yeah. And it seemed like that. Yeah. That could tie them together, and like whoever's job it was to do the plot was the one on cocaine. <laughs> like it just didn't. It didn't make sense. I get the the, the hollow chest, and then you've got like yeah Diane Carroll, and it's like I don't I don't know what's going on there, but I think I need to take a shower. Yes. Then, <laughs> well, that yeah, that kind of seemed like, intentional. Yeah. I don't know. I, that I, yeah. actually it was intentional. That was one of the facts that um um yeah. where is it here <laughs> that one of the writers was like, oh yeah, according to producer <laughs> Mitzi Welsh. The sequence with Diane Carroll was intended to be, quote, softcore porn that would pass well, the answer. I mean, I feel like with, <laughs> Why? with IMDb fun fact sections, we have to take all of them with a grain of salt. But I think that's certainly how it's directed. It seems like Itchy's like trying to get yeah. away with something, which, again, for a children's holiday special, I don't really understand. But I think yeah. if you think about the vignettes and stuff in the context of like what was popular on TV in the late 70s, you know, you have like 
the Smothers Brothers and like the Sunny and Cher Comedy Hour and like Laugh-In and things like that that were mm-hmm. a lot more like old school variety show kind of things. And I feel like that's what they were chasing, but I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Just do like a movie of the week kind of deal. Like, I don't get it. I don't know if they just didn't have a script for it. It's weird. Yeah, it was like a skit show or something. It almost seemed like Harvey Corman had nothing. Well, obviously, it had nothing to do with the writing. Yeah, sure. Right, like if he, if he had, I feel like it would have there would have been a, a little bit more of a funny aspect to it. Well, he but does it was like here. This is what yeah, he's doing everything with gusto. You know what I mean? Like he's not. I know he's doing his self. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it was just oh. So this is what it was. I explained it to my wife. I was like, everything felt like it was four minutes too long. Every scene. You mean like the 40, whole beginning scene? But yeah, forty. Yeah. <laughs> No, for, like like the scene with at the very beginning with like um, Lumpy flying the X wing, where we're like, oh my gosh, I cannot stand that mm-hmm. anymore. It was just like we get it. He's he's flying. He's flying the X wing. He couldn't make any like pew pew noises to break up yeah. like the sound of the engines. You know, like I think, but when, like when you have when you have the early scene with Han and Chewie in the Falcon or like a small car- cardboard mm-hmm. cutout approximation of the Falcon. I mean, I think Harrison <laughs> yeah. Ford is, I don't think he's really phoning it in there. I think he's really like playing Han Solo, you know, and like that's yeah. a fun, exciting part. And if it was all kind of that tone, even though, I mean, you can tell they're doing real tight close-ups on the faces and stuff. Cause they don't want you to see like the weird mock-up. How bad the, yeah, exactly. Looks, but yeah. like the performance board. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the it's performance bad, yeah. was good, and like that felt Star Warsy for that few minutes. And I did yeah. kind of like we got a few. I don't know if they were deleted scenes from A New Hope, but you got some scenes of Vader and like yep. stuff that was not from the movie. So I liked that. I mean, I thought that was cool seeing a little bit of like extra yes, stuff. That was a uh, what was his name like Captain Bast or Lieutenant yeah. Bast or I don't know. I saw something there that Chief. that was Chief. Chief. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that is. There's another deleted scene in uh, um, B. Arthur's section mm-hmm. where it was like a little little guy dip ducking under some giant legs. Yeah, that was another actual deleted scene from Star Wars. So they did use so, yeah, a lot. I mean, cool. obviously they used a lot of actual footage, but they mm-hmm. did use a lot of deleted or unused scenes, which was clever. I mean, yeah. that's. That's what you want, right? I mean, that's the yeah. whole point. There's you, there's a uh, content you've already paid for, right? You know, basically. So you should be putting that in there. I think. So. I mean, if, if you look at if you look at all the main segments, so I feel like you have like the Han Chewie stuff, you have the family stuff, you have the Leia C three PO stuff, you have the Luke R two stuff, and then you have like B Arthur, the first Dark Carney, and then the random little vignettes. Like if you kind of break all of those up, I think it was at its best when Han Solo was there. Yeah. Because I think so. he, he I think seemed like well, when Han was there, like it kind of tie in stuff. He he was the one who seemed to be like, if we're doing this, let's do it, you know. And yeah. his relationship with Chewie, like you said, Jess, it's like it it, it kind of ties it in a little bit, so it makes some level of sense. Whereas like when they go to Cover Girl Luke Skywalker and he's like Mala, itchy, lumpy, <laughs> that's a what little is confusing. Guy yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a little confusing. <laughs> I know. I thought it was so weird the scene when they finally, well, like when Han and Chewie walk in to, to Chewie's home, and they're kind of like, "We're here!" And Han's like, "Chewie, watch the door." 
and he's like, Mala. Yes. You know, yeah. like, ah, I love you guys. And yeah. I'm like, like, would you just send Chewy to yeah, like watch was... the door? <laughs> like, That's dude, a good point. Like, it's his family. Like, why point. don't you watch the door? Like, and be like, see you later. You know, like, I just thought that was such an awkward scene. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, yes, you're right. And and thinking about the other leads, I mean, I feel like Mark Hamill looks insane, and I think a lot has been made of that. But like, oh, he is. Yeah. I feel like he's playing Luke. He seems like the character feels right to me. You know, it's a weird yeah. scene to just like have this high camera looking down on him, like fixing something, you know, in, in an X-Wing suit. I, I mean, that was weird to me. I'd always That's heard like constantly smoking. Yeah. It's constantly smoking. <laughs> like, and why? he's just like sucking Stop. it up. just right in his face. <laughs> I'd always heard that Carrie Fisher was like terrible in this. And I didn't really think that was true. No, I thought she was pretty good. You know, she was just, I bet she was extremely disappointed she had to wear that outfit again. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think that's basically it. They half-assed her her buns, you know, they weren't mm-hmm. as, as tight. Mm-hmm. They were, one was like a little bit bigger than the other, but like, you know, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was all right. It's all just right. so weird to me that like you have the whole main cast, I don't know how they, got, I mean, willing to come back apparently. You have the whole main cast there. It just seems yeah. like... You could have made something happen here. I know, and clearly, the, like I mean, we're, yeah. we call it Life Day, but it's clearly supposed to be a Christmas special, and it's like the least Christmassy thing I've ever seen in my life. You yeah, know? like it doesn't really even feel it's, like a holiday special. Uh, <laughs> first, first, aren't the Wookies supposed to be like enslaved by <laughs> the Empire? And it's like <laughs> freaking Chewbacca's home is like a swanky, like I know penthouse, like treehouse home. Yes, with and- like. Sub panels with like video screens and yeah. technology and like I-, I was like I'm confused are like the Wookiees technologically advanced yeah. with like weaponry and stones or yeah. are they like computer geniuses you know that's because Mala strange. like yes. just ties right into the planetary you know scanning system and scans for ships I'm like she's just yeah. hacking into like you know are there any ships in oh, outer yeah. space like I can't do that but she can just do that from her freaking treehouse. You know, <laughs> so all is a hat, Christine. You just need to kind yeah, of deal with that. Yeah, it's true. She looks like uh, she looks like Moltar from Space Ghost Coast to Coast when she's just up there, like pulling levers, <laughs> changing the screen. That's what I kept thinking of every time it happened. <laughs> I feel like if you would have taken the Art Carney character and just had him be mm-hmm. with the Wookies the whole time, just like yeah. never have a scene of just the Wookies, just have Art Carney be there the whole time and have him sort of like be the voice to walk things through. Then that would have mm-hmm. solved a lot of problems if he could have been the one like tapping into things and you know helping them contact other people and stuff. I yeah. just feel like that kind of directing everything. Yeah, because it's really early on in the ser- in the in the mm-hmm. special where you have the Wookies for it, it, it's ten minutes. I feel like it's ten minutes where yeah. not a word is spoken. It just sounds like yeah. yeah, it's an easy a ten minutes. Yeah. yeah, all you it's just the sounds of like if you vacuum over matchbox cars, like that's the only sound you get from the Wookies, <laughs> just like screaming at each other. And and the things that they're doing, well, they're not even like, pain when they're doing the pantomime and like the gesturing. It's not like it's serving the plot. No. Yeah. They're doing like all of these like, weirdly. It's like okay, take out the trash. Like sure, but like that's the stuff that you cut from a movie, right? In order to facilitate it. Yeah, and it's like all that it is. Yeah, yeah. It's the stuff that even even if they were speaking in English, it would have been painful. Yeah, it would have. 
But the fact that I think so, yeah. Just grunting, and it's like, okay, so I guess he's maybe taking out the trash. And or... I just, just, it just was too long, right? That's what it, yeah. you know. But I like, just, I, I don't know if he's telling them to shut the heck up, or if he's like, oh, you're so cute, you know, because like, he's still going. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Like, I what's can't going get on. over the set. I mean, it just—it's it, like they're in the the house from the Brady Bunch. Like, it doesn't even seem, you know, like yeah. woodsy or anything. It just seems like they bought a nice ranch-style house, you know, in Pasadena, and made out of wood. That's it's it. It's just—it's yeah. really—it's really weird. What do you? <laughs> I honestly, I don't even know. I mean, it really—it really is a painful watch. When I started it again, it was like in the evening, and my son was like, "This again?" Like we hadn't watched it in like a year. And he sat there for a minute, and I was like, are you ready to go up to bed? And he was like, yes, and just, like, got up and walked out of the room. Like, that's how bad it was. He chose bedtime over watching more that's of this. That's so great. But, oh, like, man. this certainly wouldn't appeal to an adult Star Wars fan, but I can't imagine no. a child sitting through, like, a B. Arthur romance, you know, at, like, minute 90. It just makes no sense. Yeah. It, it Yeah. My kids did enjoy, like, thought that was really funny. Oh really? Like they like I referenced it a few times afterwards, like talking about how funny it was that like, wow. she was said that what is it, you know, waiting for you or like looking out for you or whatever. Yeah. And and I think it was my daughter in particular was like, and so but she says that to everybody, and the guy thought he was talking to she was talking to him. Yeah. And yeah. So, I guess it worked. Like <laughs> you drank from his head and like all this stuff. It's like oh. So that's probably one of the longest Star Wars scenes actually did you guys catch the fact that they were like this is a mandatory message for all imperial forces and it was like this yeah <laughs> it's like what the frick just yeah. happened it's but it's just trying to like kill the soul of the imperial forces <laughs> so just make them into straight up drones like yeah no will to live. i mean the that, b arthur you know, sequence that, that in a lot of ways does feel the most star warsy i guess you could say because they are just in like yeah the cantina and you see all the aliens like the costumes and stuff yeah. You know, I mean, again, I don't get it, but like it, I guess it kind of fits. And then it gets real trippy in the end when they all like they have their like light orbs and they're all wearing like choir robes and like walking through space. I just don't even at that point. Yeah. It's just a real head scratcher. I keep thinking it can't possibly get more weird or more confusing. And it does. All right. Let, let's stop ragging on this uh, and get to the uh, get to the Ichiwawa moment and Okavark moment. Honestly, like to, the thing is, it. like, I know that we're not mining any new territory by saying the Star Wars Holiday Special is bad, but the level to which is bad is is truly a thing of beauty. It's, Pretty significant. It is. It's, it's definitely a rediscoverable. It, like, yes. Yes. <laughs> that is. This, when you watch something, you're like, man, I, I rediscovered how great something is. And you watch yeah. this, and it's like, I just rediscovered I how absolutely terrible it was. Well, there's, there's just like nothing redemptive. No. Nothing. And the thing is, there's a lot of <laughs> kitschy things, especially like kitschy holiday things that I like. And I'm like fully understanding that these things are bad, but I still kind of like them. And I really was expecting to get there with this, but you can't. You can't. Yeah. So I'm sorry. You I'm can't. sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So, I'm ragging uh, on it. Jesse, you are our uh, guest. Yes. Uh, we go through the Ichiwawa moment and Okavark moment. So Ichiwawa is the uh, point in the episode that you thought was very good, poignant, uh, stuck out to you, something that you really liked. And Okavark is, the, yeah, something life-changing. I know, albeit very small in this. But uh, the Okavark is the exact opposite. The <laughs> part that you were just like, oh, my gosh, just... 
I, <laughs> could be left out forever. Yeah. So go ahead. What's your uh, what is your Ichiwawa moment? I liked the uh, thing they did with Lumpy, where he did the like toy radio thing. Yeah. And like that fooled the stormtroopers and got him to leave. I thought that was a yeah. In in a, in a sea of terrible, uh-huh. there was perhaps one not like shining moment, but like one less acutely painful. Moment. True. <laughs> Well, yeah. it was it was genuinely clever, which kind yeah. of fits in line with the stuff that the Ewoks do, right? So, like, it was mm-hmm. a clever moment and a good moment for that character. Maybe the only good moment for any character. I don't know. Well, it stood out as, like, any kind of decent writing where, like, they had it, you know, they kind of, like, set it up where he was, like, sent to his room and he's like, I know what I'm going to do and, like did whatever he did with the radio thing. Yes. And it's like, oh, like, that's decent writing. Yeah. They, they set it up and then he did it and then he got caught. Yep. But then it was like, oh, no, I've got a better idea. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. What about you, Nick? Well, I don't know why I can't remember this. Every I, every five seconds, I forget his name. Sand Dune? Dan? Dan, yeah, Dan Sand, Sand Dune. The Art He's Carney. Du- okay. No. The like, Art Carney. It's Sand character. Dune or something Sand Dune. like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sand I Dune, thought yeah. that he was a, it was a genuinely good character. You know, I thought it was yeah, interesting was that they cast you know, an older actor to play that role. And I like the early scene with the Imperial troop when he's trying to like sell him something and trying to schmooze him a little bit. I like, mm. I liked him with the Wookiees. I truly think, as we said earlier, like if he had been there with the Wookiees the whole time, it really would have helped a lot. So I don't know if that counts to say one character was, but he was mine. No, I think that's good. I, that, that's the, That was the person that George Lucas kind of pre-wrote as... Lando Calrissian. Yes, I so heard that, that really works. Yeah. very. He, I think. I think the confidence just oozed out of him. Yeah. And he was just a jewel in a. I mean, it's hard not to be a. I mean, you can be a just a polished rock and yeah. look like a jewel. Well, you know, <laughs> amongst stones. It here. was kind of like you know when you see a, a bad community theater play and there's one actor who you're like, oh, okay, he's good. He, I, he's I, good. I feel yeah. better when he's mm-hmm. there. That's what it was like with Art Carney. It was like, he's on the screen. I'm like, okay, well, at least this won't just completely devolve because we got like one solid guy there. So probably the guy that remembered his lines actually wasn't like reading them. Exactly. What about you, Steve? So for me, my Ichiwama moment was Carrie's voice. That that blew me away. Yeah. I I just, I could not get over that. Yeah. That I was just like, whoa. Yeah. All in the jeans. I'm telling you, Debbie Reynolds, Eddie Fisher right there. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's crazy that I didn't think about that. I always forget that. Yeah. And um you know, it's kind of like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. She can she can belt it out, especially that last note, that's last mm-hmm. sustaining note. I was very very impressed. Yeah. And uh you know, with my musical background, that's hard to it's hard to impress me and yeah. Carrie Fisher impressed me she buns and all. She did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want clarification yeah, or I don't want I clarification. feel like probably we should. Yeah, the hair buns. Yes. What do you need clarification? Yes. Yeah, the, yeah the, okay, all right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, boy, <laughs> I don't even know how you would narrow down an Okavark moment. Does Oka anybody Vark. have a moment that was really the, the tipping point? The point where you were like, no, no. I remember it was like 10 minutes in. I remember being like, how long are they speaking in Wookiee? Yeah. Like, is it yeah. really like it? One of those were like, is it really as long as it feels like it is? And the answer was yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes longer than you, sh- you think it should yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that was for me too. I mean, yeah. I, I know I jot da- I jotted down literally everything. That's what I wrote. Yeah. But I, I do think it's that, I think the initial like, 
30 minutes sets the tone for the whole thing it does. with with just the the they chose the worst sound for the the Wookiees. And it's, uh, you it's know? not even intercut with something. You know, if it was like, yeah. here's just some scenes of domestic life and here's like Han and Chewie fighting and then like back and forth and back and forth. No, it's just mm-hmm. like 15 minutes uncut. Yeah, it's pretty hard to beat that as the worst moment. Though I gotta say, as much as I like Harvey Corman, every time he was on the screen, I was like, please yeah. don't be on the screen. Is it an it, option it, for it, you to not. not be on the screen? I choose that. If it, if his segments were like three minutes, maybe four, they probably would have been better. But they seem to like. I was just like one. The, the cooking one was like nine minutes long. I'm yeah. Jeez. Like, like, yeah. This is killing me. I know. You know? I know. So. But uh, yeah, just it's too easy to rag on this yeah, one. Remember it is. It is. <laughs> is there a is there a moral or a lesson? I guess the lesson would be don't relinquish creative control on popular characters when you're trying to launch a sequel. But yeah. within don't the, do cocaine. Don't like, I feel like don't do cocaine. Well, yeah. that's just good advice. That's good advice in general. I wouldn't. I mean, it's kind of unfair that that Steve and I are pulling out the uh, the faithful Wookiee so that Jesse only had to experience the worst of this. Um, so maybe when we talk <laughs> about rude. that, we can talk about a, a little bit of uh, a brightness in it. But. You know, if somebody was like, oh, I've never seen it. Should I watch it? I think I would say no. You know, I think yeah, I would say no. just like watch two minutes of it just so you kind of get a sense of the vibe and then walk away. You don't need to devote, you know, 80 minutes of your life longer, longer. Yeah. It's pushing two hours of your life. I don't either. Like, just catch a snippet either. of the like lumpy doing the flyby with the X-Wing on yeah. that itchy's head. Yeah. And like realize those are the names and that's what's happening and there's no English, and it's like, yeah, no, I get the vibe. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'll tell you one thing: the gifts alone are worth it. I think some great Star Wars holiday special gifts out there in the world. So, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's helpful. Um, it seems mean to ask how many yub nubs we rate this. So I think we should forego that, Steve. What do you think? What we have to get? I think that were uh, bad, like just unqualifiably bad decisions across the board. Oh like, yeah, names. Mm-hmm. Wookie, yeah translation the look the acting. sound everything yeah. yeah probably the smells guys we have to get out of here before we ruin christmas i think yeah. we're coming really close might be too late to just destroying the whole thing okay <laughs> well jesse uh i don't think words can convey the debt of gratitude a life debt you could say that steve and yes. i now owe you for sitting through say this that. and you i know now owe me a life debt i know that you're gonna collect and i will you know dearly I've yeah. made my space bed, and now I have to sleep in it. All right. Well, as we said in the next episode, Steve and I are going to be covering the animated sequence, the story of the faithful Wookiee. Then it's back to the Ewoks cartoon. We're, uh, we're rounding the bases on season one. So what a journey we've yeah. been on. I know. It's been exciting. Sure has. Fellas, ha- happy Life Day. Yeah. Also happy Life you. Day. Okay. Thanks for joining us uh, right. there, Jesse Riles. You're, you're welcome, Steve <laughs> Rudd. And Nick. (laughs) Until next time, if there is a next time. Mm -hmm. This Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. What if it was just a Jefferson Starship holiday special? Would you guys watch that? (laughs) Is there one?